This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Controversy, the American outlaw. Do I have any others? Casey Cage. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to have a bunch of monikers here. I'm the... um, the internet stir, the one who doesn't like, um, oh, never mind. Chad Lale. I don't even know what to say. I wasn't going to do anything to stir the pot anymore. It's already been stirred. Uh, it's all right. I'm back. Last week I was, I was going, but it, it was nice to hear coach on, man. Always good. You know, you guys mentioned somehow the kingdom family. You know, there's always like a replacement. I feel like we're like free birds. You know, if I tag out, coach comes flying in and, and all that, man. But now, that's the good thing about the podcast now because our schedules, man, you know, it's not the same as it was when I was working one day a week. Right. So it's nice to have a backup plan. And, and we definitely got a backup plan with the Kingdom family. Lord's Lord's laid many folks in our hearts. So wrestling for the faith isn't just Casey and Chad anymore. Lord, it can be. Jonna and Dinna and my and coach and I mean Jason, whoever wants to be on, really. Right. Yeah. That it is. It's it's nice to have that and and to be able to have different conversations with different yeah. people. So I enjoyed that conversation with me and coach last week. We touched on several different things that uh I got some great feedback from uh people talking about how it really helped them and opened their eyes to some stuff. So praise the Lord for that. That's it. And and I made my return in the in the ring, matter of fact. Uh golly, the first time since October, whatever that show we did for Marty. And yeah, I see what was it last Friday. So this area. Yeah, last Friday, um, was at Thomasville, North Carolina. I worked Heath Slater, a good yeah. brother, man, that I knew in WWE quite well. Uh just a fun match. It took us two minutes to put something together. And then um, Saturday night, I was in like Shelby, North Carolina, Shelby high school. So, and um, it was, it was just independent wrestling at his best, bro. I just had, I had a good time and that's really all that mattered. So the, the hard part, the hard part real quick though, was Friday in Thomasville. Loved the promoter, Henry Dean, good friend of mine known for years, but he, he emailed me and goes, Hey, um, will you be a heel? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess let's try it out, dude. It was like pulling teeth, man. These people in Thomasville have known me since my TNA days. Oh man! So yeah, man. And and uh, I was like, me and Heath, you know, after the match, we're like, dude, we should have went out there and started working. And then they had some hill tag team come out and just jump us. And then we could have, I mean, that place would have erupted because the whole match between Heath and I, they wanted to cheer Gunner, they wanted to cheer Heath, and it was just like. Man, this is not fun, man. <laughs> yeah, but well, and a lot of times in those in those situations, when when there's no story, mm, nothing, and you know you can have a baby baby match or a heel heel mm-hmm. match, if there's a, a story or an advancement for in the rankings for a championship or something along those lines, it yeah. makes sense. But just a cold baby baby match or a cold right. heel heel match. And I mean, whether whether he wanted you to heal or not, you were babyface. You know, you're you're close to home. So yep. So those things usually don't work. No, it was fun though, man. He's he's real. We never worked each other in WWE, but that dude was in WWE for 16 years, man. Yeah. And he was just. We were just talking about some of the backstage shenanigans that uh, went on, some of the politics that went on, a little bit of some of the stuff you and I talked about. Yeah. And uh just just really cool, man. And um 
But yeah, it was good to get back in the ring. I'm, I'm tonight. I'll be in. Um, Lord have mercy, Greensboro, North Carolina, at Prolific Park, preaching to a youth group. So awesome. it's going to be past my bedtime. So I'll probably uh, be preaching hellfire and brimstone because I'll be mad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, really, it's. I think it's two or three churches coming together, man. So I'm just believing in the a move of the spirit tonight, and, and you know that Daniel three has been on my heart, and um, man, I'm stoked, very yeah. stoked. That that is awesome, man. Uh, going back to the match with Heath Friday night, uh, I remember you text me after the show or something, and I said, "Well, do you still do you still got it?" And you, said, yeah, I believe so. And I said, "Well, how many bumps did you take?" And I did. Go ahead. What I say? You said. I think you said like six. And I, I did, dude. Working way too hard, but I guess <laughs> it was it was for Heath. So, but 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 the night after in Shelby, I didn't take any bumps at all. I dropped to my knees a couple of times. I felt like uh, like oh man, when I first uh, did a show with um, Greg the Hammer Valentine, he, he didn't take any bumps. He just dropped to his knees. So I was in a tag match Saturday night in Shelby, and I was and I didn't get the, I didn't take the heat here intentionally. I was going to blow the comeback. I didn't take one bump, dude. I was like, uh, Casey would have been proud. Yeah. Well, I, I did a double shot Saturday night, and in both at, combined both shows, I took four bumps. Oh, you're I, a brother. I was making sure that I was going to outdo you Friday night. What if, What is Jason thinking right now? He's listening to us. He goes, you lazy dudes. <laughs> uh, nope. Smart, baby. That's how our career will keep on going. For 20 that's, more years, I, I hope not. But anyway. <laughs> that's it. And that was always the fun thing about when we would tag. We would we would purposely try to see who would take the least amount of bumps in the yeah. match. See, when I'm a when I'm a baby face, I'm totally fine with not doing too much bumping. Now, when I'm heel, I'm an old yeah. horseman heel. So I want to get that baby face over. So I, I'm used to bumping around for him. But this past weekend, no, no. No, man. Each match got two bumps from me. <laughs> uh, smart good keep it that way save that body save that body man yeah oh man uh, anyway uh so you were talking about the uh the church that you're going to be at tonight dude speaking of that um we are completely out of spots for the remnant youth retreat come on amen amazing and i mean yeah it was all just in like a week and a half and all of the spots have been filled for the remnant youth retreat. Uh, but I do want to put this out there for everybody. Uh, we are going to have a waiting list. So yeah. just in case, you know, somebody's schedule uh, ends up not lining up uh, once we get to or toward August, you know, and people have to pull out. Um we're hoping that don't happen, but sometimes, I mean, it's just, it's months away. So it could very well happen. So we are starting a waiting list. So if your child is interested in coming to the remnant youth retreat uh, this year, it is August 4th, 5th, and 6th. That's the first weekend in August. And uh, you can email us at wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. Uh, we are putting people on a waiting list now. And so it'll be first come, first serve. If anybody pulls out the first one that emailed us, you know, we'll get put in that spot and we'll notify you. Um, but Man, it's just amazing. been amazing. That is amazing, bro. That, that is a praise report in his own. Cause you, I mean, it's, 
what, maybe three weeks ago, we kind of announced it, if it's been that long. And uh, I know it's been on my heart. I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart to really be praying for this retreat. And I mean, it's just uh, last year's was remarkable. And I believe this year's is going to be remarkable. Also, I just feel like Manny's going to do way more than we could ever imagine. I mean, he did with the first one. And what, you know, you see this now, how many spots for kids? Like, did did we open up? Did you, you remind me? I think we are having 28 or 28 to 30 total. Yep. And we got the, and we got all the room to accommodate them because, you know, at the other cabin, we, we probably didn't have enough room to accommodate that many as far as uh, boys and girls. But that's, man, come on, that's pretty, praise, praise report right there. I have to, I'm excited to let Alex, you know, my buddy Alex know he's, he's excited about this retreat and Terry and all those guys, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm amazed at what the Lord's done and, and look forward to what he's going to do because uh, I just believe, you know, like, like we've talked about, this is something that we were called to, and the Lord did great things last year, and he's going to do it again this year, and Team Casey will uh, continue being the uh, kickball world champions. And uh, we'll world, champ- world champions of Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the independent wrestlers. Yeah, I was a world champion, man, in North Carolina. My yeah, I was. <laughs> all right. Good job, man. Where all did you defend that? Well, in Hickory, yeah. in Charlotte, Hickory. in yeah. uh, uh, Murphy. Listen, no, no. <laughs> there's a guy. There's a guy. I'm going to get off the t- subject here. I'm trying to change the subject before I get mad about the kickball comment. But we, <laughs> there was a guy that come in the dealership where I work, and and uh, and he is he just kept eyeballing me, and I'm thinking, man, this guy knows me. I don't want to talk about wrestling. I don't know. Anyway, he never brings it up, but he 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 does. He doesn't he doesn't bring up my career, but he starts to talk about. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've been pro wrestler for 25 years, and here in North Carolina, and yeah, I held the world title uh, up in Asheville, and that, you know, verbatim, this is what this guy tell me. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. I was like, I've never really watched wrestling much, and he knows I'm lying to his face. <laughs> Listen, wrestling for the faith fans, I did lie that day. I've repented, but I didn't feel like talking about wrestling because I knew it'd go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. So this guy, I'm not gonna say his name, but he kept talking. He talked to my GM and and. uh my GM, I've known since 2004, traveled with uh, Dash Wilder, or Cash Wheeler and I for many years, Anarchy, all this stuff. So anyway, after this guy leaves, I said, Tim, I started in North Carolina in 2001. I wrestled all over North Carolina, buddy. I mean, you could throw a dart in a map in North Carolina and I've been there. Mm-hmm. I said, I ain't never once seen that guy in my life. <laughs> and he started laughing. He goes, brother. Plus, he's the world champion of North Carolina. He goes, how do you not know the world champion of North Carolina? <laughs> I, and I was like, man, but that's just pro wrestling at his best, dude. It's one of those, like, um, years ago, I remember being in a tag team with these guys who were, quote, unquote, the veterans. And they was like, hey, kid, just listen to us out there. Man, uh-huh. these veterans were veterans that worked maybe once every other month and been in the business 20 uh-huh. years. So they worked a total of 100 times in their career, and it's yeah. just – I hear stuff like that and I just chuckle, man. Um, I, I remember <laughs> I remember being in the ring. I was about six months in, and I'm not gonna <laughs> mention this guy's name, but I was working with the dude and he's veteran, like 
25, 30 years, you know, and so I'm expecting this dude's going to lead me and everything. All, everything's all good. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I've got his arm. We we collar and elbow. He says, take my arm. I've got his arm. I'm working his arm. And then, I mean, I know the people can't see me, but you've just got to imagine this. We're standing in the middle of the ring, and the dude looks up at me directly, like, Stops selling. Anyway, we're going a lot of inside baseball on this podcast, but oh yeah, yeah. Stops selling, stands up, looks directly at me, and says, with his right arm, points over to the top rope. Hey, take me over here and wrap my arm around the rope. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh man. I'm like, I'm six months in and I'm about to have to lead this thing. Yeah, you probably did. Oh, and I did, oh my lord. But it, it was just I was like, golly. So yeah, to your point, there's a lot of guys out there who claim all of these years in the business. Yeah. Um just because you've worked for one promotion for 20 years, yep, once a month don't mean you're a 20-year veteran. No, sir. I've seen some bad, bad attitudes from folks like that too, man. It's like, can't talk to them about anything. They don't want to listen to nobody. And I just go, okay, man, I'll see you out there. We'll see how this goes. It's uh, that's what, you know, the fun part of wrestling though, brother. Right. I remember, I remember when I first, uh, I first started doing like, you know, for us, like for you, Anarchy TV was was your big break, and and for me getting on like Nashville TV, yep, it was like the TNA developmental scene and all that stuff, and so that was like my big open door, and uh, so I remember going up, and I'm I'm working the the Nashville loops, and I'm I'm traveling with. You know the guys like Cassidy and Chase, and and you know the the Nashville guys and the guys who are at that time who are you know running TNA. And I remember coming back down to a show in, uh, I believe it was Maryville. I had done like a loop from like Thursday through Saturday with our Nashville area spot shows, and then I was hitting a Maryville on Sunday afternoon on the way home. And uh, I remember going in this this show and walking up, and I'm supposed to be in a tag match with this guy, and then two two guys, and I knew my partner a little bit, didn't know the other guys too well, but I remember you know walking in, shaking everybody's hand, hey, how you guys doing? And um, and I said I'm gonna go uh, get my stuff on, you know, anything special you want to do out there. Uh, you know, we can get a we can get together here in a minute. Go over, get my stuff on, and uh those guys end up coming over, and the one guy he just looks at me and he says, uh Yeah, big TV star, just listen to me out there, kid. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, Oh <laughs> yeah. kid, was this BC? Casey? This is very BC. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> he ended up getting out there. This is this is one of those jealousy incidents. Getting Ends up getting out there 
and is trying to rough me up. And as he's doing this, and this is very BC, and this is a little bit buzzed and not taking no crap off nobody. (laughs) And as he is stiffing me in the ring, I'm telling him that's strike one. And then he does another one. That's strike two. (laughs) (laughs) He snapmares me over and gives me a spine kick with the point of his boot as hard as he could. And I come up and he tries to hook me for a suplex and expects me to go. And I said, no. And he's like trying and trying and trying. Finally, I double leg him and I turn his face into hamburger meat. Yeah. Spit a loogie in his face. Man, that's my, I guess that's my signature. I've done that on a couple of different occasions. (laughs) Spit a loogie in his face and went and tagged my partner and told him, get in and finish the match. (laughs) I think you told me that story. Yeah, that definitely. uh, Oh, man. There's a lot of BC stories about Chad. I mean, we say BC means before Christ, before we were saved, before our attitudes were a little bit more tame now. (laughs) (laughs) But you encounter guys like that in the wrestling business, man, that think they're, uh, you know, uh, this happened to me once, 2010, and it wasn't – he was trying to shoot on me. So, we're, we were good buddies in TNA. But Davey Richards had just come back from, like, Japan and Ring of Honor, and I had a one-on-one match, one-on-one match with him at the Legends Cup in Charlotte where this um, – you know, Tully Blanchard was there, like uh, uh, Terry Funk. And I remember the first opening part of the match, and we went 35 minutes, but the first couple minutes of the match – Brother, he was beating the crap out of me. And I remember just going, we're not going to do this. And I lit him up one time, two times. Uh, and I remember after that, you could just feel like the the wind come out of him where he was like, oh, okay. I don't know if I want to test this guy. But, I mean, we did. It was one of those physical matches. I remember I felt it for days, man. But one of my favorite matches it was with him just because I knew where he'd come from, man. And to me at that time, it was, it was pushing me, um, making me push myself to be better. Right. But yeah, I remember that night, and I was, and I've had a couple guys like that before. It's like, all right, man, you you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna rough me up like that. No. And I, <laughs> I remember a lot of those, a lot of those old school vets, man. I mean, back when we started, they everybody was a tough guy. Yeah, and everybody that got in the ring was tested. Yes, you know, it, it's not quite like it. I mean, we're not talking Vern Gagne days. No, but no. It's not near what it is today where guys walk in a locker room, hey, I'm a wrestler. All right, kid, you're booked. I'm going to yeah. put a title on you. You know, uh, you know. so we were tested. And I, I, I remember a lot of those old school guys, man, getting in the ring with them, and they would start lighting you up. And, I mean, yeah, punching in the forehead with everything they had. And I'm like, oh. You know, and you're thinking, okay, I'm I'm a pretty good sized dude. I can fight. Sure. But this is a respected veteran, and he's probably got that whole locker room back there on his side. So yeah. if I leave this guy laying right here, who else am I gonna have to fight? Yeah, but right. I remember being like, you know, getting the dog whooped out of me a lot of times. And then finally, I remember somebody telling me. If you just hit them back with everything you got, they leave you be. That's the secret. And I was like, okay. So I'm out there, and this this one guy, he used to do this this deal where he would take young guys and and both of you be on your knees in the middle of the ring and just 
throw haymakers at each other's face back and forth. Gosh. And he whacked me, and then he then I working punched him, and he yeah. goes, he called me a very derogatory name, <laughs> and then he he hit me again, and I working punched him, and he said, "Come on, you." another yep. derogatory name and i'm like ah oh. and i remembered that if you would just hit him yep. so i laid into him and he stumbled back on his knees and then he come up and he said that's what i'm talking about kid now we can work <laughs> <laughs> man what a wild and weird business we've been. gosh we've chose to be in it's true i mean it's true when i started training i mean 2001 um Dude, I I pulled up to this garage. It was 100 degrees outside. It was probably 110 inside that garage. There was a ring. You couldn't come off the top, which was fine. But, man, it was three, four hours of just uh, blood and sweat. I mean, legit. Like, you're in there running the ropes. And I remember just going. But I remember at that age, man, because, you know, they were trying to break us. But I remember going, gosh, I love this. You yeah. know? And, and uh, it was just that passion is what I wanted to do since I was a kid and I'd have done anything. But, man, they beat us to death, bumped us to death. I mean, we did drills. So the stuff they do in the performance center now, and it, it, it saddens me in a way because, yeah, you got college athletes that get a chance to go to WWE and be a part of, you know, an amazing, uh, an amazing um, machine, the WWE Performance Center. I've been there, but there's just something they'll never be able to live and do what you and I have done yeah. by working the Indies, paying our dues, because <clears throat> you'll see it. I've seen it many times. Um, guys like me, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, I can name a bunch of names. But we would, you know, guys has been in the business for many years, but then a, a guy would come trickling in from uh, wherever, just be signed because he was big, jack, good-looking guy, mm-hmm. and just have an ego about him. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea, man. Like, yeah. you just, you don't know what etiquette is. You, you didn't you didn't get the opportunity to drive 15, 20 hours and, and do um, indie shows for no money. Yeah. You know, you're coming into the performance center, getting paid 80 grand a year already. And all you got to do is uh, be told what to do. And it's just like, golly, it's just yeah. a lost art, man. You know what I mean? It is. It is. I, man, I, I wouldn't take anything. There was a lot of stupid stuff that I did in my younger, uh, as yeah. we were talking about BC days in the yes. wrestling business. Um, I screwed up a lot, about lost my family and everything. But, man, I wouldn't change the stuff that I was able to do in wrestling and the way that I came up. You know, I was I was worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we got, man, we yeah. got to experience, like, on a smaller scale, a little bit of what the territory guys got to experience. And these, these WWE guys not being derogatory toward WWE guys. Um, I would take that paycheck if it was offered to me too, but sure. <laughs> not, not being derogatory toward these guys who just come in and have no experience and they're a, you know, college football player or whatever, and come in and, you know, get a contract and get molded into the WWE way. But, man, they didn't, like you said, ride hours for a hot dog and a handshake and, you know, uh, get to ride with veterans in the cars 
because here's the thing. I have had great training by many guys, you know, and and done great seminars with a lot of the older vets and a lot of them took me under their wing and I was able to travel with them and get time in the car with them and everything. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You learn more in the car with an old vet than oh, you yeah. do in your training classes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I got a chance in TNA, dude, to travel many times in, <laughs> in a minivan, literally, with me, Chris Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Ken Anderson. So here I am just, you know, I mean, a young, young guy, got a contract, and I'm sitting in a ring with, or sitting in a ring, sitting in a van with all of these guys, mm-hmm. you know, and just listening to their stories. I mean, there was a lot of shenanigans. We were just laugh and joke, but just listening to um, psychology, storytelling. I mean, brother, just endless things. And then getting an opportunity to go to WWE. And I, we mentioned this you know, a few weeks back, you know, having class for two, three hours where I'm sitting with Shawn Michaels. And I was thinking about that today on, on a drive home where, you know, dude, I got an opportunity for five years to sit with Shawn Michaels, sit with Terry Taylor, sit with Mick Foley, Scott Hall, God bless, you know, we, we've lost him since. Um, who else? Kane's coming there. The Rock's coming there. Dude, so many guys that I grew up watching, and I'm just like, at the moment, you know, you're sitting there soaking it in, but you sit back now, you, you know, a couple years later after I left the company and just go, dude, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Like, just to get a chance to listen to some of the stuff Sean would talk about and, you know, just what would work, what would work. But at the time he was coming up, he goes, man, it's different now. You know, we could try things then, and now – WWE's a little bit more cookie cutter where it's like you can't always just try something new. But man, just um, I don't know, man, just the opportunities I think a lot of guys don't get to have. Or as we've seen on the independent scene, the, the egos that keep them from learning or having, you know, better matches or more knowledge. You know, you yeah. got a guy like George South who who would give you the shirt off his back just to teach you and talk yeah. to you about wrestling. But and but most guys are, I'm too good for that, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like got to get rid of that, bro, or, or the business is going to just continue to be full of egomaniacs that think they're better than they really are. That's exactly it. <laughs> I, I believe other than just being a, a witness uh, for Jesus in the locker room, and I believe the main reason that I'm I'm doing wrestling now, I mean, because I don't have anything to prove, I'm not trying to get a deal, uh, you know, so – <clears throat> the main reason that I am in right now is to help give back. Yeah. I had yeah. the nightmare Ted Allen's and the chase Stevens and people like that. Take me under their wing, say, come on kid, get in the car with me and take me all over this country and talk to me, teach me, critique my matches and just learn all kinds of stuff. And I just feel like it's my obligation to give that back mm-hmm. to the business, you know, and, yeah. and hopefully yeah. these, these kids can, can take something from it and, and hopefully advance their careers, you know? Well, the thing about it too, man, is, is in a couple of weeks I get to do a seminar. I always try to put up a seminar when I'm in a different location, but last year, you know, in October, man, I had that match in where we were at in Georgia for Marty Miller mm-hmm. and uh, dude, I was done. I really was done. I had a lot going on in my personal life. I just didn't care. And I guess somewhere around January or so, I was like, you know what, man? Like, the Lord's given me a cool platform. At least try to finish out 2023. 
And it just the two shows I did last weekend, the amount of people that come up to me and just talk about my faith, my openly professing my faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, a pastor talk to me that wants me to come speak at his church and his recovery group. And I'm just like, why would I, why would I close that door unless I truly believe that the Lord's saying, all right, you're done there. Let's move on somewhere else. Cause I mean, I'm 40. I want to take care of the body, but it's dude, it's, it is a ministry for you and I, and people know, and I called you after last week's episode and talked about, uh, you know, how people knew the Casey and people knew the Chad prior to what we are now where mm-hmm. oh the Casey was teaching the guys how to party and Chad was teaching the guys how to party and how to, you know, let's go to a, uh, you know, I don't condone this, but let's go to a strip club. Let's go to a bar, yeah. you know, and now they see us in a different state. It's like a Paul transformation, you know, that, that road to Damascus, man, yeah. where these guys have seen those old ways of us. Those ones that after the show would be at a restaurant wasted, but, and now they know, man, I can go to Casey. I can go to Chad and I'm going to get some, hopefully some biblically sound advice. And yeah. it's just a different testimony for you and I, because they know we've lived that and they know that we're not putting on a front or a fake man. And why would we not want to use this business as, as just a means of ministry? That's exactly right, man. I remember just a few months. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not, but just a few months after I was saved, um, there was, we were doing this big show. Well, I say a few months, I took like nine months away from the business. So it was close to a year. Uh, after after I was saved, but uh, we were doing this big show in Georgia, and man, you know, we were working the Rock and Roll Express, and Ric Flair was on the card, and I mean, you know, Gallows and Raven, and I mean, we it was blown out, you know, all the guys, and uh, Raven, <laughs> and. I remember like I rode down with a couple of my buddies and, and flair were leaving and flair's like, Hey, come back to the hotel bar, you know? And I'm like, Oh, I don't need to do that. But the guys that I rode with, they're like, Oh, come on. We got to go have a beer with an H. And I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, I don't need to be around that. I don't need to go around any, you know? And I remember going in there and sitting and just talking, shooting the bull and, and, you know, hanging out. And every time people would pass me a shot or a beer or whatever, I'd just slide it down to the next guy, you know, and yeah. uh, just sit there and drink my water or whatever it was. It was not alcoholic. I know that. Yeah. But I mean, I argued with the Lord the whole time going there. I'm like, Lord, I don't need to be around this. Cause that was like the first time I'd been around alcohol since, you know, I had been saved and before, you know, the day before I got saved, I was a drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, sure. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> but I remember look, one of my friends, he's, he's gone for a while and I'm like, where in the world did he go? So I went walking around looking for him. He's sitting outside on the patio around this little fire pit thing. And he's just sitting back and I'm like, Hey man, what are you doing? And uh, he said, I'm just sitting here thinking. So well, what are you thinking about? Ah, uh, come on, man. You can talk to me. He said, man, he said, I honestly thought, you know, all this Jesus stuff you've been talking for the past year. He said, I really thought whenever we got Casey around the boys and, and at the bar again, then, you know, he would, he would be old Casey. 
And he said, I've sat in there for like the last hour and watched you drink water and pass off every time somebody buys you a drink. And he said, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking that maybe there's more to this stuff that you're talking. Yeah. I said, well, brother, that's, I mean, that's the legit truth. I, I don't need it anymore. I don't want it. I don't have a desire for it. If I had a buddy one time, he used to be a drug addict and he got saved and he would walk around and tell everybody he run into, Hey, you want to yeah. go get high, man? You want to get high? And they'd be like, Oh, he got look up. Jesus is the best high I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, I love it. Man, that's, that's, that's just yeah. awesome transformation that the Lord can make in somebody's lives, no matter who you are. Yeah. And I think sometimes that might be why he lays such a heavy burden on our heart for new creation and knowing who you are in Jesus and not conforming. Cause you and I used to conform to that way of professional wrestling. Cause yeah. And in my mind, we thought that, or in my mind, my mind for sure. I thought, man, I got to be famous and this is what I got to do to be cool and fit in. And it was just, it was lies, man, lies from the devil. And that's what we try to instill in these kids, man. And uh, it's good that I think we've lived it and thank the Lord we lived through it and it kills yeah. somebody or ourselves. So, exactly. <clears throat> but man, I'm excited about the future. I don't know what he's, uh, I think me and coach talked about it the, other, the last week, but, I say it all the time. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm just going. I'm just oh, yeah. blown about by the wind of the spirit. That's it. Being obedient. All of us are, man. I'm, yeah, no, for sure. <clears throat> and he's going to he's gonna do whatever he wants with our lives. Uh, just something out there that I think uh, I first heard this from Coach. I don't know if, if he come up with it or where he got it, but I remember him saying one time, uh, delayed obedience is still disobedience. That's it. That's and it. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I try to live by now. When I feel the Holy spirit leading me to do something or to talk to someone or whatever, I try to, I try to be obedient because delayed obedience is still disobedience. That's it. And even in my season in life right now with my job, I mean, dude, I mean, you and I've talked about it. My income has, has dropped 75% from WWE. Yeah. And don't you think I sit back and go, Lord, what, I mean, what's going on? But I'd never have once my instincts or my flesh has felt like, I'll oh, just walk away, go do something else. But I never once have felt the Lord say, walk away. I felt him say, just remain, mm-hmm. just remain firm and steadfast and just let me work. Let me work. And I'm like, okay, God, all right, I'm listening. <laughs> so, but it's obedience, you know what I mean? And it's a little different than like delayed obedience. But I feel like it's just being obedient to the Spirit, walking with the Lord, man, every single day, and taking that job and trying to let my light shine as much as I can. And so, um, I don't know, just a lot wherever, of lessons. He uses us yeah. wherever he plants us. Oh, Lord, that's truth. <clears throat> that is the truth. That's awesome. All right. So you said that you have uh, the church event tonight. You got the address and everything for that on you? or it, It's Prolific Park in Greensboro, North Carolina. So you look up Prolific Park, Greensboro, North Carolina. It's a big uh, activity, like indoor recreation center. And that's where they're going to host it. They'll have all the kids get there around 930. I'll be preaching from 1030 to around 1130 or so. And um yeah, so that's 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 going to be this uh, tonight. I'm uh, super excited about that, man. It's my first one back, really, since uh, I mean, it's my my first preaching engagement back since you know youth retreat. I mean, I did a um, 
faith force thing, but really, you know, as far as me one-on-one preaching. So I'm, I'm excited, man. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> me, I, myself and sweet Petunia will be <laughs> C1W tomorrow night, March 11th at the old McDonald school, 130 McDonald school road in McDonald, Tennessee. And then March 31st, I will be back with Sweet Petunia, the real RCW champion. We'll be back at uh, Renegade Championship Wrestling to beat up Brent Banner one final time and then get that monkey off my back. There you go, brother. I need to see some of these matches. I need to come make an appearance one night. (laughs) Uh, They've actually been talking about it. But all right, well, let's get that ball rolling so we can have a tag match or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody about Wrestling for the Faith. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.